Hi friends, welcome to More of Jesus with Pastor Amy. Would you recognize Jesus' voice if he called your name? Today we're looking at the post-resurrection appearance to Mary Magdalene. We talked about this a little bit at church, but there was one part of this story, one moment we really didn't get to break down and explore and dive and swim around in, and it's such a good moment. So Mary Magdalene, according to the Gospel of John, was the first one out early in the morning while it was still dark to the tomb where they had laid Jesus. And uh, when she got there, stone was rolled away. She was very, very distraught in grief and mourning, now even more distraught. And her whine that she says three times in John chapter 20 is, someone has taken his body and I don't know where they put him. She was going to fix this. She was going to make it right. She was going to properly prepare his body for the burial that he deserved. And um, now she couldn't even find his body. So she's on a mission (laughs) to do this final act of love for her Lord. And she tells the disciples, they run out there, they run back, and she's still out there crying. And even though she sees heavenly messengers, because, you know, she peeks in the tomb again, and there's these men dressed in white, she repeats the same line, I don't know where they've put his body, please tell me where you've put him, if you've taken him. Um, And then Jesus himself, she bumps into, and she thinks he's the gardener, and she repeats the same line, you know, this is why I'm so distraught, this is why I'm so upset, I have a job to do for my Lord, out of love for my Lord, this mission that I'm on, and I can't find his body. She's expecting death. She's expecting a dead body, a corpse. And when she sees the resurrected live Jesus, it doesn't click right away. Expectations we talked about have a lot to do with um, our spirituality. And uh, so when she finally is, gets out of this distraught, anxious, emotional, I'm, I'm upset and I can't, no one can, can, tell me anything else in this this mental tape that keeps going where's my lord where's his body i don't know where they've put him help me find him the moment that pulls her out of that reality and into a new reality where jesus is actually alive and was the one speaking with her the moment that happens is when jesus calls her name when he says mary That is the moment where she's janked out of one reality she was in, in a cloudy mind, and into a new reality, a bright new reality of life and resurrection and pure joy. This beautiful surprise. Now I want to talk about that a little bit. Jesus calling her name. There has to be something significant to that, doesn't there? Um, If we read in John chapter 10... Jesus talks about that he's the good shepherd, says it many times, I'm the good shepherd. And and this good shepherd also repeats many times, I think three times at least in John chapter 10, the good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for the sheep. He's laying down his life. He can lay it down. He can take it up again, but he's the good shepherd. And in that passage, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And he says, I call them by name. And they come and they follow me. And I lead them out to good pasture. And we also hear tones of um, Psalm 23 in here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And all of the beauty of that psalm. 
So how do you know Jesus? How do you become one of the sheep? How do you recognize his voice? Isn't that the big question? Uh, I grew up in an evangelical era where the catchword, the buzz phrase, was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We were constantly encouraged. I just heard this probably millions of times that, that the goal of our faith is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus wants a personal relationship. I heard this over and over and over and over again. Now, sometimes the traditions we grow up in, when they beat something in the ground and, and say something millions of times, we get tired of it. And honestly, I think they were onto something, this whole idea of moving away from religion and rote rituals and all that to a relationship um, is really, really important. But it was always curious to me as I heard these pastors talk, it's like, do these people like know God? Like, how does one have a personal relationship with someone who's invisible? <laughs> I mean, is it when I was little, I kept thinking, is this kind of like imaginary friends? Like, you say that you talk to this person and see this person and we all just like play along, you know, and in a way it kind of is like that, but do they have some sort of access to the divine? How does one have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And I think that's the question we're supposed to ask, right? I mean, I think it's a curiosity and it's born out of mystery. I mean, any relationship that you want to make better or um, improve or deepen, you have to have a level of curiosity about you, <laughs> about this other entity, right? Like this other person. So if you go on a date and you sit there and you don't ask any questions about the person, you just don't even care, right? About who they are. I really think that it's the goal of life is to have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and to allow that to change us and fill us and move us in the world, to act and to join Christ in Christ's work in the world. But this personal relationship is potentially the great motivator. But what I love about this concept is it's such a mystery. It's such a giant mystery. How do you have a personal relationship? How do you get to know Jesus to such a level that when Jesus calls your name, Mary, you get yanked out of this worldly reality where it's just death and destruction and dead ends and despair all the time, and you get yanked into a new reality, the true reality, where the one who is speaking with you is alive and has conquered death, where you too will conquer death, where your loved ones will conquer death, where sin doesn't have to be in control of you anymore and, and make you its slave, but Jesus can set you free. All of that is this new reality. And I think the key is to spend time with Jesus. If you want a personal relationship with Jesus, to spend time with Jesus, and to be curious about Jesus, because it is a mystery. Uh, Jesus was already curious about you. So curious, in fact, that God left the, the throne of heaven, whatever, wherever that may be, and entered into the fabric of time and of mortality and of humanity and came because God was so curious, wanted to know us, wanted the depth of this incredible personal relationship so badly. So now it's up to us. Are we even curious about God? How do we spend time with Jesus? There are a hundred different people 
you might ask, might have a hundred different answers. Some people might say, I go and I spend time with Jesus in nature. Some people might say, I wake up early and I spend quiet, precious moments of solitude reading these words of life, these words of truth. I don't know how, but they are transformative, spending time with Jesus. Some people say, I spend time with Jesus throughout the day. My awareness turns to Jesus over and over and over again as I pray 50 times each day through various things in my life that are going on. Some people have dedicated prayer times. Some people spend time fasting, denying food, saying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to dive deeper into where you are. And I want to distance myself from these physical things all around me. And they take food and they say, I know I need it, but I need you more. And I'm going to fast from food for a day or two. Some people go and in their serving, they see Jesus as they are doing street ministries or food pantries or interacting with their own customers or clients in their jobs. They look for Jesus and they say, Jesus, I want to see you in this person. Show me where you are, especially near to the broken, the poor, the lost, the lonely, the hurting. Spending time with Jesus and building that personal relationship with Jesus is a beautiful, mysterious journey. And there's no right and there's no wrong. There are a lot of tried and true practices, um, but it's also very, very personal. Jesus didn't say Peter, James, or John. He looked at her and he said, Mary. And that very personal relationship she had when she realized that her creator had called her by name, that her Lord, that her savior had, had loved her personally where her name was like hearing the most beautiful song, where her name was like hearing the voice of her shepherd. Get personal with Jesus today. Invite Jesus into those moments as the 11th step says to increase our conscious contact with God, to increase our conscious awareness of the Lord more and more and more in our lives. And the more that we crack open that, that awareness, that door, the more that this new reality of life and resurrection and salvation and deliverance and joy and peace will flood in and give us new eyes to see what we didn't see there before. So thanks for joining us today. I hope you find some beautiful moments today to work on that personal relationship with the Lord of your life so that when he calls your name, you will recognize him.